Jazzcast Pros. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life Podcast. I am your host, Coach Kelly Marie, recording from Buffalo. Hey, like, subscribe, share, comment on the podcast. I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me via email, frontseatlife at gmail.com. What topics do you want to hear? Today's topic is incredible. I have a guest, Duke Lott. He is just an inspirational individual. You know, he's a, a former collegiate tennis player. He inspires young people. He loves to mentor. We get into mental health, what it means to be a black man asking for help, childhood trauma. He really shares his story with us and I am excited to bring him to you today. My story is a story about diversity, but it's also a story of addressing mental health issues and talking about it and going through counseling and going through therapy. Uh, just being able to open up and uh, realize that there's you know, people that can help you, whether you start with a friend and then move on to a professional, because I was able to speak to you know some people, but it really came to light when I was able to talk to a mental health professional, go through some therapy sessions, go through some one-on-ones, go through some group sessions. It definitely made an impact on my life. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me. We're going to be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you to determine how and where you will drive your future, this is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us or if it's going to be a scenic route or not, but we are the drivers. So join me on this ride, living the front seat life. Please help me welcome Duke Lott to Living the Front Seat Life podcast. Why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself? My name is Duke Lott. My passion is writing and being an author. Life coaching, I'm all about uh, diversity and just trying to help people, trying to educate, just making sure that people are aware that they can get help if they need help. Uh, so I, I've written three books. And uh, one is uh, my, my story, self-help book. And uh, one is about relationships. And that's also self-help, I guess, too. <laughs> and um, I also have a series that I'm working on called Lake Michigan Mysteries. And what that is, it's in the mode of Michigan chillers. And it's kind of like a, a teenage book and fantasy book. And But I've been through some things in my life that has allowed me to be able to get myself together all the way around mentally, physically, spiritually. So mental health issues is definitely a part of who I am to encourage people to speak up, talk about what they're going through. I know it's hard because I, I've been through some things that was hard for me to talk about that I kept to myself for, for years upon years. And it ended up just being destructive to me. Keeping it in uh, wasn't healthy because it came out in other ways. So. I definitely am about helping inner city youth and helping them understand that, you know, if they are going through things and mental health issues, that 
they should uh, reach out and talk to someone. So I've done a lot of inner city work with African-American uh, youth as a program director, as a FIA, which is Family Independence Agency, as a, a worker and a license. That's my real passion is, is giving back to those that are less fortunate and giving back to those that I can understand where they are coming from and what they, what they are going through. We walk in the same shoes and, and, and some people don't. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so your story, you know, when we were talking before, I thought was so interesting. And you, you talked about it just now, you know, everybody having a backstory and mm -hmm. every, we've been through a lot to get to where we are. And so mm -hmm. I used to do these highlights called Front Seat Chronicles, where I would talk to people about the things that they've been through, just life stuff and how they made it through, what they might have implemented in their lives to help them be better, help them get through, help them break through, help them heal. And yes. I think your story is like right in alignment with Front Seat Chronicles. Um, so mm -hmm. can you touch on that part of your story? Like how did you make it through? One of my things was is that I, I kept it in for a long time. So. I am a survivor of childhood trauma, of childhood abuse, verbally and physically. It definitely made me have some issues that I needed to resolve and to address. So I have, I've had double hip surgery and through uh, being in so much pain, um, I went through an experience with opioids. So in going through that experience, I know how it feels to you know, just to mask the pain and to try to go through it, taking a pill here and there. I'm one of those people I don't like to place blame, you know, because people come up in different upbringings. Um, mm -hmm. One of my upbringings is that I grew up in a very structured, southern, disciplined home. Uh, my grandfather was a veteran, a Marine. You know, I grew up in a, a very structured environment. Um, I got to see a lot of different things. I got to see the really... Uh, less fortunate, poor side of life, uh, lower middle class, and I got to see upper class stuff. Thank you so much for sharing, first of all. Can you mm -hmm. tell people what it's like being able to go to therapy for the first time? I just talked about this in the last episode about making that first appointment and the first appointment's not going to be great and it takes time to get you know to the work. But can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about your experience in therapy? Yes, I, I can talk a little bit about that. And it all starts with just being honest. You know, that first session can really be daunting. It can really be, you know, nerve wracking. Like, you'll be nervous. You're going to try to hold back. Uh, but that first session is, to me is more about not addressing the issues, but, you know, giving some background you know, just to open up and just start to start the dialogue to the point where you are, you know, opening up because you can't get it all done in one session. It's just not going to happen that way. Uh, for me, you know, it took, you know, it took a lot of sessions. I mean, I would say it almost took me maybe two years to, it took me about a year to get breakthroughs. And then it took me about two years to, you know, start to reprogram and, and to really just dive into who I am and who I want to be and what's important to me. But that first session, I tell you, it's really nerve wracking. <laughs> You're never going to forget it when you, when you go to that first session, because I can tell you about my first session. So I was blessed as a kid. My mother was one of those 
uh, mothers that was wanted you to address some issues and you know she may have had you know some issues herself i come from i'm a child of a of a, of a teenager you know she was 18 but you know when uh, she got pregnant with me it was it was not the easiest thing to deal with so i definitely have a strong black woman influence in my life where my mother was just you know she had her thing going on but she was great and uh one of the things she did for me was she allowed me to go to counseling when I was a kid because I, I I needed it. But the blessing of it is, is that my first therapist, he was um, he was blind. He was like legally blind and he couldn't see nothing. And I still remember his name. I, I know he's passed now, um, but his name was Lloyd Demko. And um, I, I'll never forget it because it was my first sessions. And you know, he made such an impact on my life because he was the one that gave me an opportunity to speak about my issues and not be judged. And that's the one thing that uh, people that's reaching out for help, they have to realize that, you know, this is, you know, just like Planet Fitness, it's the, it's the judgment-free zone, you know what I mean? Like, you have to be able to understand that what you're talking about is going to be confidential, it's going to be kept in, in a safe place. and you can open up. I appreciate that so much. That first session, you're right, is nerve wracking. And the journey, you know, looking back, so I've had several therapists over the last couple decades, and I'm still in therapy. I feel like I, I will probably always have a therapist. Mm -hmm. But the person I am today is so different than that little girl who was trying to figure out who she was and be able to talk about the pain and be able to work through the issues. And you're right, it takes time. And I think that really is one of the, the most important takeaways that I wish people could just understand. It's not all gonna be better tomorrow, but every step you take is a step towards healing. Um, mm -hmm. Did you find that there was a moment, did you have like an aha moment where you said, wow, this is working? Um, I've had several of those in my therapy years, but um, when I was young, I, I tell you, one of the moments was being able to talk about the the influence that growing up in a single parent home has on a young adult. One of the aha moments for me is that it taught me the value of fatherhood and the value of being a good parent and the, the value of taking care of your children and you know, trying to be there for them and teach them, you know, different things. But one of the things was, was for me is that I realized I wasn't alone. My therapist was good was make, at making me know and feel like I wasn't the only one going through this. There's many other people going through the same, if not worse, than what you're going through. And, you know, all of our problems that, we, that we're going through individually is definitely going to be very impactful and big to us. But I think that the aha moment for me is that I can open up because I'm not the only one going through this. There's many more people like me. There's people who are struggling to open up. There's people who have been through abuse. There's people who have been through drug addicted family members, you know, and just to know that it's there and that you can talk about it and not be ashamed. For several years, I was ashamed of stuff when I was a kid. You know, I was ashamed. Of, I carried around this ashamed feeling of, of things that were going on. And when you start to not feel so ashamed and, and feel like, man, this is, this is life, you know, life happens. Life is, 
life, you know, it might be hard because I'm 13, 14 years old, but at the same time, it's what I'm going through. And I can, if, if I don't be ashamed of it and speak upon it, then I may be able to get help. So that was my aha moment of just realizing that I didn't have to be ashamed that there was other people like me. Wow. When you look back and you look at who you are now, can you see where you've implemented some of the things you learned in therapy in your day-to-day life now? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, Being able to meditate is definitely a thing that I've been practicing for years. And there's been the moments where you get into a deep meditation and then sometimes it just doesn't work out. But uh, meditation has definitely been a thing that has helped me focus, um, make it a part of my day, the beginning of my day, uh, whether it's meditating or whether it's just praying. Um, is definitely a thing that has made me, you know, slow down, um, not think too much, try to be quiet and try to be still. And uh, I, I've actually had a few moments that, you know, it's wild when it happens because, you know, when it's ha- when it happens, you realize that it's like, wow, it's like that uh, real aha moment where you're not thinking anything. That's like the almost the best feeling I've had it, you know, for little bits at a time. And, you know, so meditation, I'm all about that. And I'm all about, you know, the, the stillness that, that yoga brings and the, the art of it and the, the, the quietness. So I, that's what I recommend. I recommend people take time to say, I'm going to be quiet for a minute. I'm going to, you know, stop. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to meditate or I'm going to pray at the beginning of my day. You know, you might pray, you know, during the day. And if you have a busy life, it would be hard to meditate, but you can still be thoughtful and think about what you're doing. And if prayer is your thing, then, you know, uh, some people, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the field, they, you know, they, they would rather you say meditate than pray. You know, praying is, you know, talking and meditation is listening, you know, so. But just find that space for yourself. That's huge. And I love the difference that you just, you know, use between meditation and prayer. Is there a connection between that and physical health? Oh, yeah. My best workouts are the stretching and the the yoga and the just, you know, sitting in different positions and just being still and being quiet and breathing. I would tell anybody to just start with breathing. That's the main thing is just get your breaths under control. Realize what you're doing with your breaths. Realize if you're breathing hard, you know, it definitely impacts your physical health if you can tap into how you're breathing because you'll feel that vibration. You'll feel that, okay, wow, I need to take a deep breath. How long can I hold my breath? Uh, Breathing techniques definitely uh, is something I learned through therapy that has, it's helped make the meditation better. It's helped make the exercise better. It's helped make the yoga better. It's helped make the stretching better, everything. So breathing, (laughs) breathing techniques. And I think people don't realize that you can purposely breathe like you don't have a choice your body will force itself to breathe but being mm-hmm. purposeful in breath mm-hmm. changes how your body functions that took my blood pressure i had a home blood pressure cuff and it was high and i was a little you know mm-hmm. disturbed that it was so high but mm-hmm. i just took a few minutes and did my deep breathing techniques and mm-hmm. i took it again and it was where it was supposed to be and so mm-hmm. it reminded me to do that not just when i'm taking my blood pressure but throughout the day you know to be aware and and cognizant of 
actually breathing. Because so many times you, yes. you are not breathing, you're holding your breath and you don't even realize you're holding your breath, but yeah. you're going through your day holding your breath. So right. I, yeah, I've been there and I'm working on a practice of breathing and breath work. I'm not, pr- mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. And I guess there's no such thing as perfect, <laughs> but right. you know, it, it definitely is a practice and I enjoy the journey. Um, yeah. What would you say to people looking to start focusing on their breath? You know, a lot of people go through life and like you said, the human body is going to do that for you. It's going to, it's, it's what's happening. It's how you know you're alive. But a lot of people go through and they don't realize that they are alive because they don't stop and feel their breath. They don't breathe. They're just they're living, but they're 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 not conscious of their breath. And that's one of the things that I try to do. Like say, if I want to be angry, I believe that you know I should try not to be angry. I believe in nonviolence. I believe that peace is definitely better than than anything. Like even sometimes when people see me and they say hi and like I'm notorious for it, I just throw up the peace sign, you know? You know, I try to, sometimes I don't wave hi, I just throw up a peace sign because I really feel that the, the peacefulness of being still and taking the time to breathe it out and, and say, you know, hey, okay, I'm alive. You know, I'm not gonna be upset. You know, I'm going to take a deep breath here and I'm going to refocus and I'm going to say, this may bother me, but I'm not going to let it make me mad. And I'm going to figure it out through taking a few deep breaths, resetting, recharging, and just going forward. So I definitely believe that breathing can help you out um, in a lot of different ways. It can it can stop you from making a mistake with your anger that will help you a long way because once you do it once, you do it twice, it becomes a habit, and then you keep doing it. And and, and now you realize, man, the, the old stuff that used to bother me, it's not bothering me anymore. You know, I'm not getting, I'm not getting overly angry. And I came from a home where, you know, we, we had to read, you know, and we had to study and we had to, you know, my mother was a church going lady and we knew the Bible. And uh, it was one of the things that, you know, she made sure she wanted us to know. So it, it says, be angry and sin not. So uh, it's definitely a thing breathing can help you overcome. Yes, that is excellent advice. That time to pause can be crucial in determining next steps. I appreciate that <laughs> so much. That's a lesson I learned, thankfully, early on. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, it taking time to just pause and be and not react in that moment of anger really can mm-hmm. save you some issues down the road. We'll just put it that way. I want to say too, I really admire uh, some of your previous episodes because some of the techniques and some of the things that you you bring up and some of the topics that you shared and some of the guests you've had, they definitely are are mindful of some of the things that, we, that we're talking about. And your insight as a mental health professional definitely makes the the front seat life worth experiencing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm one of those people that unless you've been through it, you don't know how it really feels. But I'm also on the other side of, there's people who have studied this for years. They put their life into it. They go to school, they read books, they observe people. They just try to educate themselves all the way around. And that advice is so key to life because 
you know, a person, a therapist might not have been with you, been, what you have been through, but at the same time, you know, they studied the physiological, the psychology, you know, all the things that um, uh, breaking down mentally does to your body and, and who you are. So kudos to you because you're good. You're good. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say besides thank you. That's just... That <laughs> Well, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to forget. I want to make sure you know because I appreciate being here. I appreciate being a guest and and, and sharing my journey and uh, sharing some of the things that has helped me and sharing sharing things that can maybe help someone reach out and get therapy and realize that life is hard. You know, it's rough mm -hmm. sometimes, but you know, you don't have to be all down in the dumps and you don't have to be sad. And it's okay to be to ask for help, to get help. It's okay to be sober dealing with help. It's okay to just try to express yourself. You are preaching tonight. Thank you, man. That, that is just, you know, I ain't no preacher. That. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool though, I, I, I get it. You know, I, thank you for saying that. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's, that's good. True. That, you know, yeah. you're, you're speaking truth and speaking what people need to hear. You know, from yeah. just being open and honest, saying I've been there to, you know, you too can get help. Just ask for help. It's available. That That's something that a lot of people don't hear or they hear it from mm -hmm. one person over and over and over again. So the more people are having this conversation, the more others will understand, like you said, that they're not mm -hmm. alone. Right. Right. You can reach a whole different group of people than I can reach just because you're a different person. Right. We resonate mm -hmm. differently with people. We we all have a group of folks that are for us. And the more that we can get the word out, the more that we can let people know that help is available, the more people can get that help and be healthy and happy and, yeah. you know, be the light. So I appreciate the one you thing, being here. And I appreciate it, too. I appreciate you. And the one thing I do want to say is that... um the virus and, and Corona made it worse and it made it, um, it made people kind of shut in a little bit more and people aren't getting therapy like they should and, and people aren't seeking help like they should, you know. Um, but one of the things it did, I know, because I went through it, um, that in-person therapy, you know, that in-person going to meetings, that in-person, you know, talking, it's a little bit different than doing it on uh, social media or or Zoom or whatnot, and you know it might have got worse because a lot of people got worse during Corona, and I think that we're going to see that in the next year, in the next year and a half, next two years, we're going to see definitely a spike in things happening where people are going to definitely need that mental health therapist. They're going to need a professional. They're going to need to reach out to friends because you got to get better. You don't want to get worse, and uh, trying to get better is about voicing it. You know, if you have a voice to use, use it. I appreciate that so much. And there is definitely a difference between being in person and being online. But I also think depending upon your needs, you know, you may be mm -hmm. better suited depending upon what's happening in your life, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to get that help. Listen, however you need to get it. I don't, it can definitely. be text message. However you need to get it. Hey, that, and, and I'm glad you said that. And I really appreciate that because I didn't want to sound one-sided on that because yeah. I know some people in my life that have anxiety and they have social anxiety. And so doing 
therapy over Zoom or doing it over some other platform is the only way they're going to do it because they don't want to go and do it in person. Um, so I do want to I do want to say that however it suits you to get help, that's the way you should do it. For me, it was in person that helped me out. I've done some some sessions that have been through Zoom and that's been over the phone and they've been great. But for me, I know the in-person was, it helps me out a little bit more, but I didn't want to skip my, my Zoom, you know what I mean? So, right. um, and I didn't want to skip those phone calls, you know, so, and just get better. I love it. And with that, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to be on the podcast with me. Uh I think me and Kelly are going to be working a lot in the future, and I'm so looking forward to having her on my show as my mental health professional that can help a lot of people, can reach out and give you some great advice and tell you what kind of different techniques she has that has helped her. So I, I definitely look forward to uh, having her on my show. And, and I plan on having my show coming out in the middle of March. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm excited. And I'm happy for you that you're starting your own podcast. Well, I would like to say that uh, Jazzy is great and I uh, look forward to being a part of the team. I feel fortunate. I feel lucky to be able to network with you guys and to connect and get some work done. I, my thing is that I just want to help some people to mm -hmm. you know reach as many people as we can. I love it. I agree. Before we go, let people know how they can reach you on Instagram. Where can they find you? Okay, you can find me on Instagram at the Duke Lot. Follow me. Take the time to listen to the podcast and um, support everybody that is networked with me because everybody I'm networked with is great people. We're all helping each other and we're trying to spread the message of, of hope and sound health. And That's great. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Living the Front Seat Life podcast. As always, I want to make sure that if you need some help, you are able to get it. If you're looking for human resources, you know, places to go, you need respite services, or you know the type of thing you need, you just don't know where to find it, you can call 211 on your phone or go to 211 on your web browser and do a keyword search. It is a really great resource. But if you're in crisis and you need someone to talk to, I encourage you to call the National Suicide Prevention Helpline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also text GO to 741-741. Both are staffed with crisis counselors 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can contact them for confidential assistance. So until the next time, I encourage you to be the light. Hi, this is Jazzy T. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Living the Front Seat Life with Kelly Marie. And we are so excited to welcome a new member of the Jazzcast Pros Network, Igniting Hope Radio with Pastor George on all podcast platforms and directories. Here's a little taste of what to expect from Igniting Hope Radio. Jazzcast Pros. The social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that influence health outcomes. They are the lived conditions in which people are born, in which they grow, in which they work, in which they live, 
and in which they age. Their important influence on health inequities and the unfair and avoidable differences in health status seen within and between countries. The lower the social economic position, the worse the health. And so what we have to focus our energies and attentions on is the systemic changes that are necessary in our communities to make sure and ensure that every individual, and especially those in the African-American community who have suffered from years of historical and generational trauma as an outcome of enslavement in all kinds of policies and laws that have been a constant threat to our very existence. And we're gonna tell our story from our perspective, right? And that's what we're committed to doing here with our Igniting Hope podcast, to bring health equity to our community. It's never been done in America. Well, now is the time. Now is the time. That was good, right? To get even more of this upcoming season, say, hey, Google, or ask Alexa to play Igniting Hope Radio, a weekly podcast that brings together community-based organizations to decode the social determinants of health and eliminate race-based disparities.